What's up, Dialed fam? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Strength Training for Cyclists podcast by Dialed Health. My name is Derek Teal. I'm the owner and operator of Dialed Health. And this week, we have a very relevant and very timely discussion because we're going to talk about the FTP test that I took this morning. This is just one of our topics, and it's the first one, but I want to get into the numbers that I was trying to hit today and really why I took the test today because it wasn't technically on my schedule. I want to share my results and also my goals going into the last six weeks of the year. After that, we're going to have a discussion on thinking logically about your training schedule. We'll move on to IT band syndrome, exactly what it is, and the IT band prehab routine that's been uploaded to dialedhealth.com. We're going to just relate everything together. And then we go into some even more important topics like celebrating Christmas before Thanksgiving and the really, I don't want to say degrading Subaru experience I had, but it just something happened today when I got my car service that made me feel like less of a man. So it'll be quick, but it'll be fun. And then we'll wrap up the show with a business update to give you a very transparent look behind the scenes of dialed health there are so many things going on that i want to update you on so if you are a member of dialedhealth.com i think you're really going to enjoy hearing about that and it's exciting man there's just so much cool stuff coming up even at the start of next year so hang tight for the end of this episode now if you are enjoying the podcast please share it with your friends your family on social media probably the best way to do it i'm getting so close to hitting 10,000 followers and if you could even share a post on my instagram to your story and just say go follow the dialed health uh, i love the specific workouts for cyclists or this has been helpful or share a stretch or whatever really resonates with you i would very very much appreciate it let's keep growing the dialed fam and thank you for your time guys let's jump in I realized last night that today might be the perfect time to take an FTP test. It's been eight weeks since my last test and to hit my end of the year fitness goals of five watts per kilo, I figured I should check in and make sure I'm on track. Now to give you context, that last FTP test, which was in September, I think it was September 15th, put me at 4.6 watts per kilo. Now I obviously don't expect to jump from 4.6 to five, but I was like, if I don't check in now and at least bump up to like 4.8, then there's probably no chance. So I had very specific goals coming into this test. And because of the weekend I had, which was, I'd say a little bit lighter riding than normal. I still rode Saturday, Sunday. This, the intensity and the volume wasn't as high. And then Monday is my typical day off. And then after looking at my schedule or just forecasting it for the next few weeks with the holidays st- stuff going on, I was like, man, I don't think I'm gonna be this rested for a while. So today was the day and I was so reluctant to do it. Even though I knew the timing was perfect, I just had weird stuff going on. I had to go to the car dealership and we're shuffling around our son and the one car situation and work and yada, yada. So getting on the bike and getting started was just hard to begin with. And then the impending doom of just knowing the abuse you're about to put yourself through, it's not fun. (laughs) Not really. I love it. I actually really love to suffer and I just, I was looking forward to a trainer workout. It's just that you have to go till you crack and you just know that there's gonna be five minutes that hurts and there's gonna be two minutes I'd say that's brutal and then there's one minute that is like, Lord help me. And you just know what's coming. And so anyways, I was starting it. I knew that I needed to do it because of all the other factors besides the fact I just didn't feel like doing it today. I'm sure you know the feeling, just that impending doom. It's the realest thing. So I get on the bike and I knew that if I wanted to raise my FTP or excuse me, my watt per kilo to 4.8, that I needed to maintain 450 watts for at least the last minute. 
That was kind of my rough math. And then to bump up to five watts per kilo, it'd be 470. Now, the last test I did, I held, it was like 426 for the last minute and it just absolutely blew me up. So I knew 470 wasn't gonna happen, but I thought 450 was possible. So I go through the test and I, I felt pretty good, to be honest. Uh, mindset wise, I had like the rawest rap music playing on full blast in my ears, which helped. And I got past the point where I just didn't feel like doing it. And I started getting pretty pumped up for it, which was nice. I'd say midway through the test, the motivation was super high. It's just crazy because when it starts to get hard, you realize it's just not going to get easier. Like it's going to get hard until you physically can't turn the pedals. And that's what's so difficult when you get into that last five minutes because you just you know how it's going to feel. It's, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to keep saying it sucks, but I just wasn't looking forward to it today. So it was a mixed feeling of being motivated and just like, okay, here we go. So anyways, the last minute comes and I am at, I think I'm at 400. It puts me at 400 Watts for the, it was like three minutes prior to when I stopped and then it hit 420 and then it jumped up to 440. And it was when it jumped up to 440, I realized I'm not going to probably hit 4.8 watts per kilo because turning the pedals at 440 was so brutal that I was able to hold it for the last minute. But as soon as it jumped up to 460, it was just game over. And so long story short, I missed my goal, but I still was able to improve my FTP from 324 to 328. And the reason I'm actually feeling pretty good about that is because my weights come down a few pounds and I went from 70.5 kilos to 70 kilos, actually just under 70 kilos. So it still bumped up my watt per kilo to 4.7. So not really what I set out to do, but I think all things considered, it was, ha it was good to know that I'm still on track and really my five watt per kg timeline by the end of the year is kind of arbitrary. Like the number itself is a huge milestone and I know I'm going to hit it eventually, but I just kind of threw it out there at the end of the year because of the timing of my baby showing up. And I know that these twins being here, it's going to be difficult to improve my fitness. My real goal at that time is going to be just pure maintenance. And I, that will be a huge victory just to be realistic, especially with all the business stuff that's going on and, and just all the angles of my life. I'm like, okay, let's get to a place where I'm really proud of and maintain that through the twins being here. But the reality is I just might need some more time. And, and honestly, that's okay, but I'm not going to go down without a fight. Don't you worry. I will be training as hard as I can for the next six weeks. And we'll see, man, if I have to do a FTP test on December 31st, so be it. I'm not afraid to do that. <laughs> I'm talking tough now because I'm six weeks out. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be so hyped for it. And uh, what I will say is this weekend I did do a mountain bike ride and I'm just kind of diverting the topic here or, or switching the topic a little bit because I felt so good on the ride that all this time on the trainer is just paying off like immensely. And obviously I'm not missing my strength workouts and I'm still training two days a week at least and I... I hesitate because some days it's been three with filming, uh, which is, but I noticed that I actually do better with two days. I just feel like my recovery is a little bit better, but anyways, that's because my riding volume is coming up and long story short, mountain biking is more fun than ever. I just feel like there's being, there's a switch that flips now when I get on my mountain bike, where no matter how hard the ride is physically, it's just everything about it's more fun it, because I think the trainer is just you're training and the road bike is super fun, but it's also just training. It's so fitness focused. And although mountain biking is very fitness focused, 
I feel like my fitness level has gotten to a point where I can just enjoy it so much more. And that what the ride I had this Sunday, if you follow my Instagram, you'll see there are some senders. I hit this awesome flow trail. It was very slalom-esque. And I don't, I don't know, I just felt so good. It was just so fun. And it was just those moments where I'm so happy to be doing what I am because I, I realized that my portion of your training is so important for you to feel that way on your ride too. And it's just why I'm happy to be using my own product, I guess, because I believe in it so much because I feel it, man. I get out there and I just feel it. So anyways, that was all of my FTP update. Uh, why I'm so focused on increasing my watt per kilo while I maintain my strength training and uh, how it's paying off for me. Recently, I've had people question whether or not two days a week of strength training is really enough to make progress. And honestly, I've been answering this since I started Dialed Health. It's a very valid question. It doesn't trigger me at all, but there's a couple of reasons why it is, and I wanna give you that answer right now just very clearly. So first off, supercompensation is the training principle behind minimal volume. And what supercompensation says is that two days per week of strength training is the minimum to make progress. Now, if you go longer than that and you only strength train one day per week, most likely you're only maintaining, and depending on your fitness level, you could be declining. But two days a week is enough to make progress simply because of the recovery curve. And if you want to see a visual on that, you can type in supercompensation to Google and it's really cool. Basically you see your initial level performance on the line. It drops right after the session because you're at a weakened state and then you recover past your current level of ability onto the supercompensation curve. And then it comes back down again. Well, if you don't hit it to get your next session on that curve, you'll come back down to your baseline, which essentially is a week later. So hit it three or four days out. That's why we space out sessions if possible and you're on track for progress. But what I've also realized is that, you know, if you are gonna be training two days per week, but you're trying to have a balanced program and hit the seven effective movements, which is knee dominant, hip dominant, core, horizontal push and pull, vertical push and pull, you have to do a total body strength workout. And that just, purely because of time and <laughs> making sure you're well-rounded. So that's where those two principles come in and really support the backbone of what dialed health is. Because as someone's riding volume comes up, their strength training should come down, but there is that boundary. And that really truly is the boundary. Now, vice versa, if you're not riding that much, like you're riding, and this is of course relative, but you're riding one, two, three days per week, that's a point where when you can handle more volume, you could consider putting a third day on your strength training if you're not going to put a third day on your riding. Because you're generally with your fitness, most likely you can handle it. And of course, there's a lot of personal factors, but the only people that should for sure be doing three days a week of strength training, even if they're riding four, five, six days per week are downhill racers. And that's mostly because the style of riding they're doing, it does require more upper body, more general strength but they're also not just sitting on the bike in the one plane of motion, just smoking their legs the whole time. It's a lot more total body. So they should be doing like the general functional fitness program from the website or doing a program and adding another guided workout on top of that. And so that's really kind of the idea there. Volume goes up, goes up on the bike, comes down on the strength training. But of course there is that bottom where you don't want to go past that boundary is the super compensation curve two days a week, total body strength training. Now what's interesting is the people asking these questions sometimes are people who are not very consistent. And I don't want, I'm not pointing anyone out because this is a very normal question to ask. But if you're someone who has not trained in six months, 
and you're questioning whether or not two days a week is effective, most likely, and this is what I found when I kind of dig with people, is that they have gotten results in the past off a program that's more general, more for the general fitness scape where it's like four or five, six days a week in the gym. And maybe they did it for a couple months and got sick results, but it wasn't sustainable or it started conflicting with their riding. Long story short, they fell off it and they haven't been doing it. Well, that's a clear sign that it's not working long-term. And if you were someone who just kept up with two days per week at the start of that program and you just never stopped, I mean, think about how much more fit you would be. So you have to think about this logically. Even if you have to tone down your schedule just to get it done, you can always add more. But if you start with a schedule that's impossible, you're just gonna constantly disappoint yourself. Or here's what's even worse. You nail it and then it, and it's unsustainable. And then in your head, all you think is, I, that's what I have to do to get fit, which is not the case. Most likely there's a step between there that you're missing. And I did a recent Instagram post on this. I'm always talking about consistency, but it's because it's so easy to build the perfect training schedule, uh, but it's usually, you know, you're usually just overdoing it. I guess that's the big lesson of today. So I want you to feel confident that you are doing the minimum. It is based off of science. <laughs> and then all the rest of it is kind of through experience and uh, just working with all these athletes. So if you have any more questions on that, please reach out to me. I'm going to be building more scheduled uh, focused resources so that I can shoot these your way and help clear up some of these questions that you have. I'd like to add one thing to that last topic, and that's for people who are genuinely getting into fitness. They're getting into movement, they're starting to watch vlogs, they're starting to research programs and all this stuff about lifting. This is more so a warning and something to just look out for. You're gonna start watching vlogs of bodybuilders training for Mr. Olympia and powerlifters setting some insane whatever record or strongman or CrossFit or some sick functional fitness thing or some jujitsu guy, whatever. It's all really rad stuff and trust me, I have spent so much time and I still do following and researching all these things. But the people who get really hooked on those guys sometimes will even send me those videos and be like, look what this guy's doing, look what this guy's doing. Like, I feel like I should be doing that. And sometimes it's very valid because those guys are doing awesome stuff, don't get me wrong. I mean, Corey Gregory is a OG in the fitness industry. He created uh, uh, Muscle Farm, uh, if you've heard of that brand. Anyways, the guy lunges a mile. And I think he squats every single day, but he'll just do bodyweight lunges for a mile. Like, don't get me wrong. All this stuff is super sick. I love it. But you should be concerned if your strength program looks like theirs because those guys don't ride bikes. They don't. Their cardio is like 30 minutes of incline walking, unless you're lunging a mile. <laughs> but most of the time, it's like 30 minutes of incline walking. A lot of those dudes hate cardio. A lot of those dudes do cardio once or twice a week, or they'll do a 45-minute stair climber session and just think that they're like the fittest people on the planet. And I mean, I don't have to explain how far from our lifestyle that actually is. So just remember, if your program looks like their program, I would be highly concerned about what direction you're going with your training. Now, you can have pieces of it. I mean, in fact, if someone just asked me, what should I do instead of a barbell squat if I can't you know, use the gym? And it's like, just focus on a squat. A squat is a squat, and you're not gonna get the same stimulus from different pieces of equipment, but you're still squatting if you're doing a goblet squat holding a backpack with 20 pounds in it. You might have to change the volume, but you're still getting that movement pattern in. You're still becoming, uh, I guess, a quote unquote, better, more functional human. 
And even though you're not lifting like 400 pound five by five or a 10 by 10 or some crazy pyramid block or whatever you're doing, you are still doing the movement. And I guess you just have to focus on that more so than doing the same exact way to someone who just doesn't ever freaking pedal a bike. Keep that in mind. IT band syndrome is terrible. I'm sure all of you have heard of it, either experienced it or have had a friend that's dealt with it, but it's brutal. Um, essentially, you're talking about some stabbing pain in your knee, a lack of activation of certain muscle groups, and weird muscle fatigue, misfiring situations. There's all sorts of stuff that comes from IT band syndrome that isn't fun. And I've dealt with a lot of it. In fact, almost an embarrassing amount considering I know how to fix it. I just have this hard time not doing anything you know i have a hard time slowing down and i always know that even though it serves me in a lot of areas it also um, hurts me in a lot of areas and i think this is one of them it's it band recovery time so i still tend to have flare-ups and it's what inspired me to do a prehab routine for the website so if you go on dialedhealth.com right now and go to the workouts you scroll to the bottom and you have two mobility recovery workouts that have been there and we just added the third, which is this prehab routine. So we now have the total body stretch, the guided foam rolling session, and this prehab routine. And if you even wanna just try it if you're not dealing with IT band issues, it could just feel very good on your hips if you're having any hip issues, if you're even having like patella knee pain, it could be enough to relieve tension through your legs and activate the muscles in your hips required to just have a smoother, more comfortable pedal stroke. And so that's why it's worth trying out. Now, let's go into some details about IT band syndrome, and then I'll sh tell you kind of how we are gonna address it through that workout and why it's set up the way it is. So I'm on choosept.com, and they just give a brief overview of IT band syndrome, and they just say it way more clearly than I could. So I'm gonna read it for you. Here you go. What is illotibial band syndrome? IT band syndrome occurs when excessive irritation causes pain at the outside or lateral part of the knee. The illotibial band, often referred to as the IT band, is a type of soft tissue that runs, runs along the side of the thigh from the pelvis to the knee. As it approaches the knee, its shape thickens as it crosses a prominent area of the thigh bone, femur, called the lateral femoral condyle before attaching to the tibia, tibia right below your knee. Near the pelvis, it attaches to two hip muscles, the tensor fascia latae, or TFL, and gluteus maximus. We all know that one. Peaches! <laughs> Sorry, I just like distracted myself. We're back to the article. Irritation and inflammation arise from friction between the IT band and underlying structures when an individual moves through repetitive straightening and bending of the knee. Typically, IT band pain occurs with overuse during activities such as running and cycling. Fun fact, I didn't know this. 24% of all cycling injuries are IT band related. Kind of wild to think about. To address this IT band tightness, I like to start on the foam roller and take any of the muscle tension that's going on in the area out. Now, people freak out about this because they're like, you're not foam rolling the IT band and lengthening it. You are wrong. Educate yourself. Well, okay, I know that. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> when you call it an IT band uh, foam roll, it's just game over for a lot of people, which is sad because it does help. In fact, a lot of time the IT band pressure, like I said, comes from just those muscles being tight or bound up. And it is unlikely that you're going to lengthen the IT band itself. You're just taking pressure off of the IT band, essentially. I can't remember where this article was, but someone tested the strength of an IT band and they were able to, like a human IT band, lift up a Volkswagen. And that's how strong this thing is. So you have to focus on the attachment area like the TFL or the glute to really put slack in the line to not lengthen the IT band, but just to relieve its tension. Or you have to focus on the muscles that are pressing on it. So start on the foam roller, get on your side, hit your IT band roll. Uh, you could start by hitting your glute roll and at least relax those muscles and calm them down a little bit. Now from there, I like to go into some smashing of a lacrosse ball behind the knee. This can really help if you've had tension on the backside of your knee, which is something that happens to me from IT band syndrome. That whole lateral side of my leg gets tight, so so does the back. And when I take a lacrosse ball and I stick it behind my knee and I bend my knee and pull, I actually grab my ankle and pull it towards my butt with the lacrosse ball back there, it's going to do deep tissue work into my calf and my hamstring. And if you put two on both sides to so have like a peanut, you could tape two lacrosse balls together. They actually sell pieces of equipment like this, or you could take some, something like a towel and this is called gapping where you roll it up and you put the entire thing behind your knee and bend it. And it is doing some deep tissue work, but it's more so opening up your joint in the knee and allowing some blood flow to go through, which feels insane. Obviously be careful, but this is a Kelly Starrett method uh, who you, you might notice on the Ready State, he wrote the Supple Leopard. And it's something that has really helped my knees a ton. So I included that in the IT band prehab routine because I thought, I mean, it, I hate to say it, but it was one of those things where I was like, this works for me. So I'm gonna throw it in there. And if it works for you, you should implement it. So try out the smashing or go both sides and try the gapping. Both pretty cool. After that, we move on to some activation work, which are clamshells. Probably the lamest looking exercise you'll ever do in your life. You lay on your side, you bend your knees at 90 degrees, and you open the top one up and pull it back toward the ceiling, I guess. You're externally rotating your top leg and leaving that other foot on top of the other one. When you do 20 reps or so, you'll probably feel a burn in your hip, and that's targeting your glute medius. And the reason that's so important is because your glute medius helps stabilize your knee, and it also helps turn on your VMO, at least what I've noticed. And I think that's because your VMO, which is that teardrop muscle on the inside of your leg, that is also a knee stabilizer and they seem to work together very frequently or at least i notice when my glute meat is inactive so is my vmo so we added this and if you want more load you can put a band around your knees and sometimes even if i don't have a band i can take a foam roller and just put it on top of my knee and kind of lay my hand on it like downward pressure and it's not you know, as efficient or consistent as a band would be, but it's something if you want a little bit more pressure and you don't have a mini band. But I do recommend getting a mini loop band because even you just adding external rotations and clamshells or standing like the official glute doper himself, Dr. Tim Wu, SoCal PT, shout out. Uh, you can just stand it in a half squat and do some external rotations to get this fired like pre-ride and that's gonna feel really good as well. So that's why we go on the clamshells. And then after we do that and get the activation going, I typically move on to some stretches between clamshell rounds. 
And what I also included was a glute bridge hip shift. So from your clamshell, you lay on your back and do a typical glute bridge. But what I like to do is push hard through one heel. And let's just say I drive through my right heel. Then I'm pushing my right hip up toward the ceiling and slightly twisting. Now this is stretching your TFL and it's activating your glute at the same time. So we activate and we stretch the thing that's going to help relieve tension off the IT band. It's a double whammy. I don't want to say I invented it because I definitely didn't, but I threw that one in there because it was a it was a money exercise. So try the glute bridge hip shift, and then you can follow it by a standing IT band stretch where you cross your legs and reach toward the instep of your front foot. No, back foot, excuse me. <laughs> but you'll see it on the website. So check all those things out. Typically, I'll repeat rounds, so I do at least three sets of 20 clamshells on each side. As I mentioned, if I'm having a lot of tightness, throwing those stretches and activations in between those clamshells really helps out a lot. So check out that prehab routine and I think you're gonna like it. I don't typically talk about polarizing issues outside of strength and conditioning or bike riding on this podcast, but we have something that we need to address. Now, I don't wanna be insensitive to anyone who's had a very difficult year, uh, very legit, but let's have a little fun here. We have a real pandemic sweeping the world right now, more specifically, the USA. This is people who think it's okay to celebrate Christmas before Thanksgiving. And I'm just gonna come out and say, I don't like it. I mean, do we have any respect for tradition anymore? I understand some things are kind of meant, you know, some rules are meant to be broken. Uh, some traditions can wear off, but you guys, if we start celebrating Christmas before Thanksgiving, do you think you're gonna be fired up Christmas day? You're gonna be so burnt out? I'm gonna answer that for you. That was a rhetorical question. You are gonna be so burnt out that you're not even gonna wanna plug in your lights on Christmas day because you've been doing it for two months. You guys, think about it this way. We have 12 months in the entire year, okay? And I know it's 2020. We haven't had a lot to look forward to this year, Christmas being one of them. In fact, I noticed more Halloween decorations this year than ever. And I think it's because people just want something fun to do. And I know that's where this is stemming from. I know that people want to ship packages earlier so there's not delays because there is so much online shopping that's going to be done. However, can we please respect the sanctity? What is it? Sanctivity? The, the sanctity? The sa <laughs> Why can't I say that word? You know what I'm trying to say, of Christmas. Okay, Christmas is meant to be celebrated after Thanksgiving Day. Between Halloween and Thanksgiving, it's fall. I'm celebrating fall. I'm having pumpkin spice lattes, okay? I'm crunching leaves and taking pictures on Instagram in my Ugg boots. All right, I'm throwing leaves up in the air like they're falling, but they're actually not. And I just got that sick photo. Okay, that's fall. That's what I want. All the way up until Thanksgiving Day, which is one of the only days of the year I watch a football game and I, th I throw a football. I, I literally throw footballs on Thanksgiving Day, which is the only day of the year I've done it for the last probably 10 years. And you know what? I have a great time doing it. I almost throw my shoulder out every single time, which is frustrating considering all the rotator cuff work I do. But you know what? That's how much I love Thanksgiving and I want to keep it that way. I am not trying to put Christmas presents under my tree the day I'm stuffing my face with turkey. Come on, you guys. Really consider this. I want you to sit back and think about it because there's just too much, too much of it going on. This is also random, but pretty funny. Today, I took my car in a Subaru to get a general maintenance, just oil change, inspection, filters, yada, yada, yada. 
And one thing I did mention, and part of the reason my appointment was extended was to look into an electrical issue because a couple months ago, my digital speedometer turned off of my dash. And I was so bummed because one day I was driving and it just wasn't there. And I still have a normal uh, speedometer, but I, having that big digital number that just says 45 miles an hour, it's so nice. You can basically see it with your peripherals and not having it was super annoying. Not to mention there's a big empty space on my dash that's not being used and my OCD doesn't like that. So that's been going on for a few months and I brought it up to him and just said, hey, can you check this out? Well, <laughs> they added on time for the appointment, which meant I arranged a ride to get picked up, yada, yada. And when the guy comes and checks me in, he, you know, he's getting my, uh, my mileage and writing all these things. I brought it up to him and he looks at me and he goes, oh, reaches under the steering wheel, presses a button, pops right back on. I kid you not. Somehow, I think with my knee, I hit this button that I didn't even know was there and it just turned that part of the dash off. <laughs> and I've been rolling for months frustrated about this thinking that there's some wiring issue and it was literally a button it was an option to have it turned off which who doesn't want that there i don't know there was actually a third setting on it which he showed me maybe that's what something somebody would want but i just thought that was hilarious and my manhood felt zapped a little bit i can't believe i let that one slide and uh but good news is it's back to normal and i can enjoy that speedometer at least for the next let's just say nine months that i have this car before i get the real dad mobile which i'll be unveiling in the in the future i don't know when i'm going to trade in this car but it's on a lease till september the only thing is i have two more kids showing up the car seat situation i'm trying to figure that out so um, hopefully i'll have it sooner than september but there's a chance i'll have to wait either way the car's been sick um, not that you wanted a review on it, but I have had, I've driven a manual for 10 years now and I'm just over it. I hate to say it. It's fun when I'm hauling, you know what, up to Tahoe or going through my local Canyon for mountain biking. Other than that, it's just not fun anymore. So I love the car, but looking forward to my daddy in disguise mobile. We're jumping into a business update and I want to be transparent with you guys because I feel like as much as I've been a part of your fitness journey, you've also been a part of my business journey. And I've been vocal about the fact that 500 active subscribers is my goal for the end of the year. And I'm very proud to announce that as of today, we have 450 active subscribers. If you are one of them, thank you so much for the support and I hope you're getting the results that you want. And this 500 number came about really because that's the amount I need to pay my bills. <laughs> and it's interesting because as I've gone full-time online, there have been more overhead costs than I expected. Like there's more costs to get stuff done on the website with the web developers and there's more video costs than I expected. So I'll have to blow through it a little bit, but I can at least tread water at that number long-term because really since I've gone online, I have been slowly bleeding out which I know is a risk of what I'm doing, but I know it's going to pay off because we are going to blow through 500. We're going to blow through a thousand. We're going to blow through 2000. And along with that, the development of what's coming is just going to keep increasing. I mean, we are adding stuff to the website weekly, but it's crazy because like even last week we're working on the dialed health shred and I had to do all the email promotional stuff for that which took away from my newsletter last week. So it's like this constant give and take and balancing act. So if you are a member and you ever notice something like, oh, I didn't see that this week, it's because I'm working on something else. It's not because I didn't want to do it. I can promise you that. 
but it's even um, like emails right now. This has been making my skin crawl. When I am late on an email response, I, I hate it. I really, really do. But what I've had is so much more incoming communication than I've ever dealt with that the time I usually allocate for is just not enough. And a lot of times it's conflicting with other projects that I need to do. Uh, or it's like, I clear out all my DMs on Instagram and then I'd have no more time for emails or vice versa. Uh, or I end up making a few calls that day or having a good like meeting with a new business partner or, and by business partner, I mean more so um, like a brand partnership. And there's so many more people coming into Dialed Health and getting involved or wanting to represent Dialed Health or whatever it is. So, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. And I think most people who start their own business deal with this. And I, I know that most people who are just successful in their work in general deal with this, where you bite off more than you can chew uh, in an attempt to eventually chew all of it at one point and digest it. And then not poop it out, but take on more, take another bite, <laughs> take a bigger bite. And uh, that's kind of what I'm going for now, because even though I... I, it, it's just so frustrating to go through these growing pains sometimes. I know it's all very positive. So if you are someone, by the way, who has not gotten an email response and it's been up to a week, oh, I hate saying that. I, Gosh, I hate saying that. Just know it's coming and I'm going to be more on top of it. And uh, it's not for a lack of not trying to do it. In fact, I even started doing emails at night uh, just in an effort to kind of catch up on them, but it's still kind of not enough time. So I'm still figuring it out, but we're getting closer and closer and my organization is coming up. So thanks for riding with me, guys. Um, I'm so stoked on what's happening with Dialed Health. In fact, we are also about to hit 10,000 subscribers or followers on Instagram, which is going to be just like the coolest. I mean, I talked about it last week. It's just super cool. So there's a lot of things kind of building toward the end of the year uh, with the real ending date being, you know, my twins being bored because pretty much life's over at that point. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But I understand that there's things I want set in place for that to happen. Uh, and fortunately with the family support, I know we're going to be fine either way. But uh, there's just, you know, I guess what I would bring up too, just so you guys know, there are some really, really cool people in the Dialed Health fam that I can't wait to connect. And I know I'm kind of, this is within our topic, but it's crazy to think about the conversations I have with certain people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this person is awesome. And this person is awesome. And oh my God, we need to connect all these people basically. So we have something in the works for that. Hopefully it will be implemented next month and uh, we'll just see. But anyways, thanks for riding with me, guys. Um, I'm, I'm beyond grateful for the success that Dot Health's having and I'm, I'm putting everything I have into it. I mean, I literally live, eat and breathe this thing. And, uh, I'm just grateful that honestly, God's putting the people in my life to keep growing it and to support it. And, uh, it's just, it, like, it is almost too good to be true in a, in a lot of ways. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Dialed Health Podcast. If you do have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast, please send it to Derek at dialedhealth.com. That's D-E-R-E-K at dialedhealth.com. I would love to answer it on more of a normal format of the podcast, which we'll do next week. So bring your questions over. I love answering them. And the more specific, the better. When you can give me some good backstory, uh, it really helps out. But if you have something general and fun you want to talk about, send that too. I hope you have a, an incredible week. I want you to crush your training. And with that being said, start moving forward. I will see you guys next Wednesday.